Circus of the Stars won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about Columbo, the greatest detective yes. ever. Yeah, well, yeah. such a great detective. Nobody gave a crap about the murder. They just wanted to watch him solve it. <laughs> it's true. That is very true. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that. It ran for 35 years. Yeah. Uh, which, granted, not continuously. Well, yeah. Uh, it went well, away and came back a couple times. But uh, but he played that character for 35 years. Yes, he did. Yeah. Peter Falk. Amazing. Amazing man. <laughs> All right. Take yourself back to 1971. On January 2nd, a ban on radio and television cigarette advertisements goes into effect in the United States. But they still let you do uh, cigars, because I remember them backwood smokes. They had oh, really? somehow had the loophole. Oh, really? They'd have these cowboy-looking <laughs> dudes with their backwood smokes. But radio and television? Television, yeah, definitely. Oh, uh, television. Yeah. Okay, okay. Because I remember growing up, I just remember the Marlboro Man and like, print advertising. Like, yeah, it's thing. probably... Yeah. Uh, uh, Tom Selleck, when you were seeing uh, it's him. It's very possible. Or, or <laughs> oh, No, no, not when you were seeing him. Maybe. No. I mean, possibly. I, it was early 80s, so I mean, it could have been. No. He was in the Sevs. Oh, It was okay. before Magnum. Before, before he was huge. Yeah. Uh, January 25th in Los Angeles, Charles Manson and three female, quote-unquote, family members are found guilty of the 1969 Tate LaBianca murders. Yeah, I mean, all you people that watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood... <laughs> There's a different ending. Yeah, that's not how it actually ends. Exactly. Just like uh, Inglorious Bastards didn't end with, uh, uh, with the Hitler revenge being killing murdered. Of Hitler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Read uh, a book. Later, later in the year, the jury said they should be sentenced to death. And then on April 19th, Charles Manson was actually sentenced to death. But in 1972, all death sentences were commuted. March 29th, U.S. Army Lieutenant William Kelly is found guilty of 22 murders during the My Lai Massacre and sentenced to life in prison. And then three days later, Nixon commutes his sentence to three years house arrest. Look, look, look. Everybody just calm down. Just calm down for one second. Now, the guy's a pretty good guy. Yeah. He's okay. Uh, we don't need to put him into everyone for life. Let's just, he could just... He'll just spend some time at home and think about what he's done. September 15th, Columbo premieres on the NBC Mystery Movie. Yeah. Uh, which is famous. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but let's start with the character of Columbo and how he was created. He was uh, created he's by the... not Colombian. No, he is not Colombian. Just, just for... And, uh, and uh, it's spelled differently. Uh, than Colombia? Yeah. Yeah, it's spelled Columbo. Columbo. But Columbos are from Colombia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the writing team of Richard Levinson and William Link created the character. Uh, the f- he first appeared in a 1960 episode of the television anthology series The Chevy Mystery Show, titled Enough Rope. Uh, it was based off a short story that they had written, when he, which first appeared in Alfred Hitchcock's Mystery Magazine. Any uh, relation to the movie Rope? No. No. In fact, this, this short story, which was in the Alfred Hitchcock and then the episode was eventually turned into a stage play, which was then turned into prescription murder. Oh, okay. So it was. It literally was the same story the entire time. So convoluted. <laughs> I know, I know. Way to burn some into the group. <laughs> yeah, Good job, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They made it work. Uh, Columbo was named Fisher at the time, uh, not Columbo, and played by Burt Freed, best known for a role in the TV show Shane. Detective Fisher. Yeah, Fisher. Uh, and so it- underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> Levinson and Link then adapted the TV sub- episode into a stage play in 1962 called Prescription Murder. Columbo was played by Thomas Mitchell, who was in Gone with the Wind and It's a Wonderful Life. It also starred Ch- Joseph Cotton and Agnes Moorhead, the play. Uh, right. During the play's national tour, unfortunately, Thomas Mitchell passed away. Uh, it was his last role. 
Yeah, it was a murder suicide. <laughs> I think he was just old. Uh, he was like in his seventies, and this is what they imagined originally for Columbo. Yeah. was a literally a detective like in his seventies. Okay, which seems odd. <laughs> but... At the time, everybody was old, man. They, yeah, it wasn't about youth culture, and that's true. You know, true. if you look at all the movies, everybody was like sixty or seventy. That's true. That is you true. Know? They all had gray hair and yellow teeth. <laughs> It was the beauty of the love boat. Exactly. All the old people boinking. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, no, 19- no, I'm just saying. Uh, I'm, I'm an old You're getting there. Now, so. You're getting there. Yeah. In 1968, they adapted the stage play in two hour, into a two-hour movie called Prescription Murder. Uh, the writers wanted Lee J. Cobb or Bing Crosby to play Columbo. Hey, uh, uh, I would have loved to play Columbo. Except that he didn't want to play Columbo. But I like to golf. Because it would have ruined his golf game. Tea off time. More of these guys in golf ruining their lives. Not ruining their lives, but running their lives. Well, yeah, yeah, Joe Pesci and him, and they all should just play golf together. You know, I play golf behind uh, um, the Uncle Charlie from My Three Sons. Oh, yeah? Uh, I forget his name. I don't know his name. Great actor. Really, you know, one of those gruff guys. Come on, kids, get up. up, up. (laughs) He was like 130 years old, yeah. and uh, the reason I met him because he was like, oh, "Why don't you play throw?" It oh, takes me. Yeah. He was just really funny. He's like, "It takes me forever to get through." Just go ahead, yeah. just go ahead. But uh, yeah, Uncle Charlie. Uh, so Cobb was most famous for playing Willie Loman. He started the Willie Loman character, uh, or originated it in the Broadway premiere of Death of a Salesman, directed by Elia Kazan. Uh, unfortunately, he was unavailable to play the part. Elia. Is it Elia? Elia. Uh, I said it wrong, sorry. Uh, and then, of course, Bing Crosby didn't want to, he wanted to play golf. I just want to play boop, 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 boop. <laughs> uh, Director Richard Irving convinced Levinson and Link that Falk, who excitedly said. <laughs> Levinson and Link. Sounds like a, a really bad detective team. It Levinson does. and it Link. Does. Uh, he said, uh, Falk said that he would be, he would kill to play that cop. Uh, he, he could pull it off even though he was much younger than the writers had in mind. Uh, and he convinced them to play the part. Yeah, because Peter Falk is one of our greatest American actors. Oh, he's fantastic. Oh, my God. Absolutely so good. Yeah. Uh, originally a one-off TV movie of the week, Prescription Murder has Falk's Columbo pitted against a psychiatrist played by Gene Barry. Yeah, Gene Barry is just banging everybody. In, in, oh, my God. He's just like the first five minutes of that is him jumping from bed to bed. <laughs> hey, I've got to – hold on. i got to go to the office. do 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 Apartment number three. What's up, Trixie? Why do you smell so funny? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Gross. Uh, in this movie, the psychiatrist gives the new audience a perfect description of Columbo's character. He said, You're an intelligent man, Columbo, but you hide it. You pretend you're something you're not. Why? Because of your appearance. You think you cannot get by on looks or polish, so you turn a defect into a virtue. You take people by surprise. They underestimate you. And that's where you trip them up by coming here tonight. Columbo! <laughs> Uh, due to the success of the film, uh, NBC requested that a pilot for a potential series be made to see if the character could be sustained on a regular basis, leading to the 1971 90-minute television production Ransom for a Dead Man. Ransom for a Dead Man. With uh, Lee Grant playing the killer. Nice. Which, it technically was another pilot. It was just another one-off movie to see. Uh, but it was like three years later. Yeah. And, and they apparently sat on it for the whole time. I, I hey, you remember know. that Columbo thing? Yeah. Should oh. we get another shot? Oh, yeah, yeah, hey. They just got drunk. They drank <laughs> a lot during lunch, and they would forget which shows they had. They'd be like, oh, there's something about oh, a detective. Right. Never mind. Uh, let's, uh, let's just put on more Macmillan and Wife. <laughs> 
The popularity of the second film prompted the creation of a regular series on NBC that premiered in September 1971 as part of the NBC movie, mystery movie Wheel Series Rotation. Oh, yeah, man. I remember that. Yeah, which also included McCloud, McMillan and Wife, and some others. That's the Columbo theme. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? Him on a horse with his lambskin jacket. <laughs> With the thing and the cowboy the Columbo hat. theme? No, no. McLeod, baby. I Did I? You said Columbo. Oh, crap. That was the <laughs> McLeod theme. That was the McLeod theme. Okay. Uh, I never, I've never, i never seen McLeod and McMillan and Wife, but they were very popular as well. Oh, yeah. McLeod was, a, he was just a cowboy. He was a cowboy, yeah. Was, oh, he was just basically Columbo in a cowboy hat, and McMillan and Wife were like a Columbo team of right. you know, right. husband and wife who sold crimes. <laughs> so essentially, but They were really fun. They were yeah. fun shows, especially McMillan and Wife. Yeah. So essentially, a wheel series is a television. For those that don't know, because it's not very popular now, a wheel series is a television series in which two or more regular programs are rotated in the same time slot. In this case, they they had four. They would do four. Columbo would be once a month. Macmillan and Wife, McLeod, and then the fourth one they would alternate because nothing else ever caught on. Right. Well, then also you know put a lot of less a lot less pressure on these shows, and the budgets were a lot yes. less because they only had to do seven or eight episodes per season. A lot of yeah, and a lot of that had to do with. With at least with Columbo, a lot of that had to do with Peter Falk because they wanted it to be a, a weekly series, but he was like, I- "I'm still doing movies and stuff. I need the time." So it allowed them to spend more time writing and producing and and making each episode as good as possible. Oh yeah, well, I mean, his real love was independent film and working oh, yeah, with his yeah. buddy John Cassavetes. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Uh, no previous or subsequent wheel show achieved the longevity or success of the NBC mystery movie. Yeah, because everybody loves a mystery. <laughs> it's, it was great because you essentially got a new movie every week. Yeah, I remember. Was, yeah, it was fantastic. It would, but you, there would be a disappointment because I didn't love McLeod. Yeah. So when it was a McLeod week, I'd be like, oh. Oh, yeah. I'm All sure. Right. I'm sure. But or, then in the Columbo. But also, I didn't appreciate Columbo as much as a kid because it was so wordy. Yeah. You know, I wanted some action. I wanted some chips really, style. Yeah. Jumps and chases and crashes and It's definitely not. It is definitely a, not a bit of a, action in that show. In fact, there's really not any tension at all. <laughs> no. I was watching an episode and, you know, the the guy gets in the car, drives around the corner, he presses the button and it we hear an explosion. <laughs> we never see it. No, we never no. see the fire well, or anything. Can't afford that. Well, they afforded a plane crash. I'm just saying, well, it's like later. The yeah. thing was, the action wasn't necessary. Yes, it, yes. it wasn't necessary to show the car blow up to get to what, what you needed. It wasn't about that. 100. It is. It is very much um, in the style of a stage play because you can't show a car blown up on stage, so you would have all the action happening off stage. And and that definitely bled through the entire series. So Columbo, for those of you who've not seen it, is not a typical whodunit. Uh, it uses the inverted detective story referred to as a how catch 'em. Yeah, I, I know, I know. <laughs> the killer in the first. Did a reserve comment? <laughs> the killer is shown committing the crime in the first act, so the audience knows exactly what happened. They know exactly who the killer is. They know exactly how he did it. And Columbo would come in after the first commercial break and try to catch the killer in a lie. Columbo would just know this was the killer. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was tenacious, man. He was also yes. Yes. pretty sloppy when it came to crime scenes. But he was yes. tenacious. It's a testament to Peter Falk's acting oh, yeah. that yeah. you could have this type of show. 
Because yes. once yes. you know, the whole thing about a crime show is figuring out who the criminal is right. to feel like you're smart. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's all the yeah. surrogate thing to be like, well, I figured it out before the last act, so I'm smarter <laughs> than the detective. But this is like watching a dude solve the crime that we already know. Right. His hap that we already know has happened. It's it's literally just watching him work. Yeah. And I and, and his work is Gabby. Yeah, oh yeah. He's being a he, nudge. He would insert himself into the killer's lives as yeah. much as possible. <laughs> Excuse me, Sharon. I hate to bother you, but uh, Mr. Colombo, I'm taking a poop. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is one more thing. I, I know I'm just sitting in the stall next to you. Do you need some paper, Sharon? I got your paper here, a little extra. Uh, Mr. Could we just wait until I've finished this? Well, you need to just take a second, Sharon. Just one second, uh. You know, just catching so, them yeah, off guard, yeah. you know? Oh, totally, 100%, because he was trying to catch them in lies. I, sometimes in the episodes, and it happened a lot in the the middle, like, four or five seasons, where it would be so legally dubious. Like sure. It would, it, a jury would be like, that's entrapment. So he's just <laughs> sitting in his office. Like, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, but, but you know, it's the show. And, and you're right. It, the, the test is a testament to Peter Falk's acting that, People watch this for so long yeah. because it was just watching him work. <laughs> yes. and, and the greatest thing is by the end, the end, the, the criminal is so just exhausted yeah. from having to deal. And I, sure, sure, can I just, um, and that they're just like, oh, like I watched, I just watched one with uh, uh, William Shatner oh, playing nice. the greatest detective. And he, uh, <laughs> you know, he's the one that did the killing. And then, you know, Peter Falk is just relentless. With him, but just like, yeah, you're just the greatest detective. I, you know, I need your help. And then, you know, by the end, he's like, <laughs> he, he figures out, you know, and this is what you did. And then he's like, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> I can't believe you figured it out. Let's go. You know, they're all just kind of like, huh? Hmm, well. uh, almost, almost all of them. There's only a few exceptions, but almost all of them were just kind of like, okay. Yeah. And... Like, <laughs> there's a great one with Johnny Cash. Oh yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, at the end, you know, and, and, and this one's also crazy, too, because at the end, there's this whole thing about him parachuting and, and <laughs> flying a plane, Johnny Cash, flying this plane with his horrible wife and, and this woman, and he crashes the plane, killing them, and parachutes out and hides the parachute and blah, 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 blah. Right, right. And uh, at the end, he has to go get the parachute out, and he thinks he's, you know, of course, he thinks he's outsmarted Columbo. <laughs> and then he's coming back, and then Columbo switches on. Uh, his own uh, Johnny Cash's lights from Johnny Cash's car. And he's the only guy there. And right. He's like, yeah, she got the uh, the parachute. And then and, uh, and then he's like, you gonna get a guy. He gets in Johnny Cash's car. Yeah, yeah. And drives Johnny Cash back to jail. Right. He had right. sent the the cop that had brought him up there. He had sent him to. I just you know I sent him to get some dinner and uh, you know I told him to drive back. And it's like <laughs> what? And you just went. And even Johnny Cash is like, oh, it's like a. Uh, aren't you afraid that I might kill you being up here with a killer? And he's like, I'm not really sure. I, I, I think there's good in everybody. You know? yeah, yeah. Someone, he actually, what he said was, someone who can I sing as pretty as you, sir. Yeah, he, he can't be all bad. And I, well, thank you very much. It's just like he, he, <laughs> the Johnny Cash character was one of the few characters that you actually sympathized with because he did. Grant, yes, he murdered someone. Yeah, but he was such a likable character. Oh, yeah, and, and like, plus his wife was so unlikable. Yes, 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 very much. <clears throat> uh, the pacing in the show could appear to be very odd because most of the story is told through denouement, which is usually reserved for the last act of a show. Mm-hmm. It is this the show. It is just amazing to me that the show is as popular as it, it was. It plods along because at its the own first pace. two acts were literally fifteen minutes long, and then the third act, which normally is fifteen minutes long, ended up being sixty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah. like, I guess, you know, I mean. Well, like you said, it's a stage play, but what's the most interesting thing and what I think would have been so much fun about being a guest star on this is you just get to hang out with Peter Falk. Yes. You know, it's just yes. it's just a cool guest star like Dick Van Dyke, you know, going against type with his gray, you know, stage <laughs> yeah. two Santa Claus beard, being the bad guy murderer. And you don't want you don't want to see that was what was brilliant is yeah. you don't want to see lovable, wonderful Dick Van Dyke being exactly. a killer. Exactly. And then he's just, you know, and he's and and, and, and Falk is just, you know, I just um, I just one more thing. Um, Sure, sure, and and it's just he shows up everywhere. Like the the, yeah, the yeah. what I love about him too is like the Johnny Cash one. He shows up. Johnny Cash is having this big old party you oh, know, yeah, right after yeah, his wife yeah. died. He's like, and he, he's standing there with the 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 brother of the woman who was murdered. And there's this table of of food, like a chafing dish, and uh, the guy sees Columbo eyeing the food, and he's like, "Well, do you want some?" He's like, "Hang hey, on, no, sure, sure. no, not." Well, what is this? What is this? And he opens it up, and it's like, it's chili. He's like, oh, this looks great. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't <laughs> mind, Shark? You don't mind if I take It's okay? It'll be okay if I take a little? And he's like, yes, just take some chili. <laughs> and he just takes it. Oh, this is delicious chili. I got to get the recipe for my wife, Shark. It's just, you know, yeah, he'll eat he's... or drink. He'll start. He'll be like, can I get you a drink, Columbo? Oh, no. I'm on duty. I'm on. Well, just a drop of wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a <laughs> touch a of bit. Just a little bourbon. Well, he... I think he mostly just ate boiled eggs. All <laughs> <laughs> right, or, or whatever, or uh, dirt, well, right, or that's, something that somebody that is offered why him. He had to eat all the other food. This is why, and I'll save this for later. Yeah, but this yeah. is part of my treatise that we're going to get to okay, towards okay. the end of the show. Yeah, Ooh, get excited, people! Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about its popularity. Hey there, Colonel Wilma Deering uh, from Buck Rogers in the 25th century here. Hey, whenever I travel back to the future, <laughs> uh, I always come back and listen to the Gen X Files with Jim and Adam uh, now on Spotify because it's the best thing in all the history. Hey! New episodes every Friday. All celebrity voices are poorly impersonated. Popularity. The original plan was that a new Columbo episode would air every week. Uh, Falk refused to commit because he had such a busy schedule, giving all his work in motion pictures. The network arranged for the Columbo segments to air once a month on Wednesday nights. And this is also accidentally brilliant because only getting it once a month, that ups the demand of people, the excitement of people wanting to see the show. Yeah. Like, you know, like I said, well, I... I was I wasn't really a Columbo guy, but you know my yeah. my parents would be like, "Oh, Columbo's coming on!" Yeah, oh know? yeah, oh yeah. I'm pretty sure my parents watch Columbo. I, but the the high quality of Columbo, McMillan and wife McLeod was due in large part to the extra time spent on each episode. Uh, Columbo was an immediate hit in the Nielsen ratings, and Falk won an Emmy Award for his role in the show's first season. Yeah, because it was unlike. This is the thing that is so baffling to me about Hollywood, is that people are just craving something different. Yeah. Good and different. Quality. Yeah. 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 And 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 they're just like, oh, I can't believe Columbo was a hit. It's like really, you can't believe, you know, it's you've been spewing out the same yeah. detective yeah. shows over and over again, Kojak and this and that. And you know, not bad shows at sure. all. Sure. But you know, people are are aren't dumb. Yeah. And they want something that's like, oh, okay, well, this is new and this is good acting and this is good storytelling right. and these are great actors. And, and, and it's a test. The writing is really important too on this because you have to be able to sustain okay. an audience's interest when they know exactly what the end right. result's going to be. They always know who the killer is and they always know Columbo's going to solve the crime. Right. Right. There's no way he's not going to solve that crime. <laughs> so we know the, we know the bookends. 
Yeah. So yeah. they just got to jam enough really cool stuff in the <laughs> middle of that to keep people keep coming back. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, in its second year, the mystery movie series moved to Sunday nights, not Saturdays, like I thought, uh, where it remained during its seven-season run. Sunday was a big night for TV. Oh, yeah. Because that was yeah. like, you started at seven with the wonderful world of Disney. And then it yeah. would either show like oh, half yeah. a movie yeah. or it would show some, you know, cartoon thing or whatever. So you'd start with that. And then it was either like the Sunday night million dollar movie. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, the Sunday night <laughs> mystery movies. And I think the mystery movie came on nine. I think it was. I don't. I don't know if it was an eight o'clock. Probably, or maybe. I just think it was like a little. No, bit. I, I think so. I mean, because it would make sense because it's yeah. a little more adult and yeah. and I that would make sense. But it was like Sunday night was family movie night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the show became the anchor of NBC's Sunday night lineup. Uh, it aired regularly from 1971 to 1978, and then NBC canceled it. Uh, it but it was revived on NBC, ABC uh, eleven years later, between yeah. 1989 and 2003. With several new seasons and a few made-for-TV movie specials. Yeah. Yeah. It's nostalgic. It's trying to cram a 1970s character into a <laughs> 1990s, 2000. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just jarring to see him with, like, email. You know, or he's talking <laughs> to a guy and the beeper goes off. Right, uh, right. Uh, I wish that uh, a device you got there would uh, uh, make a noise on your hip. <laughs> it's... It's just very odd. I mean, it makes sense because they, plus around, like, yeah, around that time, CBS was starting to cater to the 65-plus crowd, so True. it makes sense. And, you know, honestly, he was at the age yeah. of the, what the character what? was Im- imagined to be. Supposed to be, yeah. But I'll tell you, it was so much more – because, I mean, look, Peter Falk was a middle-aged guy when he was in his 30s. Like, he oh, yeah, was a yeah. rumpled, crumpled – you know, he looked like somebody just pulled him out of the washer <laughs> – didn't, yeah. you know, tumble dry him or anything. <laughs> Just kind of like whoop, whoop, rang him out a little bit and threw him in his crappy little car. And there he goes. But he he had the gravitas of a man much older than him. Because how old was he when he started the show? Do you know? No, I would have to look it up. Probably in his 30s, I would say. He had to have been in his 30s, yeah. 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 So Maybe late know. 30s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he still looks like a young man. You know, oh, he's yeah, still, yeah. And, but he's got the gravitas of an older man. Oh, 100%. And the way he carried himself was just so... Interesting. Like he, the thing that made it so good, I dare you to find a more watchable actor than Peter Falk. His mannerisms, just the way he flits around the room. He comes into a room and he's just, he's looking around. And, and, you know, and the guy, it's so great because what he does is so perfect for the other actor because it's so annoying. Yeah. And it's like, and, and, (laughs) and it's just like, I I know you're going to get to the part where he like does ad libs and stuff to throw Mm -hmm. them off, but it's just, it's his, performance is so brilliant and if you want to really see him be meaty yeah watch cassavetti's films watch yeah, woman yeah. on the verge of a nervous when he plays uh jenna Rowland's husband in that and just when he goes it's just it's a hundred and eighty degrees oh, from wow. colombo wow. but it's just like you want to see a guy dealing with a woman losing her mind and making him <laughs> lose his mind. i mean it's not a comfortable movie to watch right, at all right. it is cinema verite like that's all that you know. Yeah, uh, Casavetti yeah. used to do is yeah, all, you know yeah. his his movies are brilliant, king of independent cinema. But that's where he really shone, and that's what he wanted to do. Right, Both he right. and Casavetti's had this career in Hollywood, so they could make the kind of movies they wanted to make. 
Right, right, exactly, exactly. Uh, it was really Columbo, it, it was really Peter Falk's character. Like, yes, it was written by other people, but all the wardrobe was provided by Peter Falk. They were his clothes, his high-top shoes, his shabby raincoat. Uh, his puce suit? <laughs> he, uh, he or is that periwinkle? Is it puce or periwinkle? I, I'm going to say periwinkle. Okay. That sounds more, more accurate. Uh, he often ad-libbed, as Jim was saying, his character's idiosyncrasies, such as like fumbling through his pockets for a piece of evidence and discovering a grocery list, asking to borrow a pencil, never having a pencil. Jeez, never well, having a pencil. That's the best, too. He's like, oh, I got, um, yeah, let me, I got it right here. Wait, oh, shoot. Did I forget <laughs> it? I'm losing my mind. Yeah, wait. Oh, no. Here, it's right here in his pocket. He's got like 40 pockets. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing of the jacket. Yeah. What's so funny... That jacket is so iconic. There's an episode uh, directed by Patrick McGugan, I believe, with Leslie McGugan, Nielsen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, about the CIA and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And there's one point in that show where Columbus shows up at McGugan's house to talk to him. And McGugan is a very, you know, he's another delicious oh, yeah. actor that just announces oh, yeah. words strangely. <laughs> um, and uh, and, and, and uh, he comes in and he's like, can I take your coat? And Columbo's like, ah, uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like, and he takes the coat, and he looks so naked and uncomfortable. It's such yeah, a great yeah. performance because he looks so small, yeah, and insignificant. Yeah. And and it's taking his armor, and he plays it that way that it's like yeah, it's enjoying. so good. The nuance and the in in his performance is just brilliant. And it's like, yeah. and it it's also. I think McGugan's character, and he was the director of that episode, yeah. and I'm sure this is what he was going for, you know, he was sure, going for taking sure. his armor, did it on purpose. His character did it on purpose to disarm him. Of course. And of take course. away a lot of his, like, because there's, like, eight pockets he can't yeah, go into. You know? So it's pockets. like it takes away his edge, but it's also, but it doesn't. Because it's, right. his power's in the coat. His power's in that noggin. Falk would insert these into his performance as a way to keep his fellow actors off balance. He felt it helped to make their confused and impatient reactions to Columbo's act- antics more genuine. Uh, he kept a boiled egg in his pocket all the time. What? <laughs> boiled egg. Yeah. Why? It was he would eat it later. Later on, it didn't happen until like season six and oh. But he would have a hard boiled egg, and and he would randomly start cracking an egg while they were talking and like that's eating awesome. this egg like it was so disarming and unnerving uh he drove an old broken down pujo 403 only three in the world only yeah. three of these in the united states <laughs> it was it was great i i it's such a crappy car they tried to get him a new car and and he was like no absolutely not they still even used the one in the 2000s episode yeah. i just watched i was trying to watch the yeah the last the episode. last episode and he still had that little pugey uh he had a dog named dog yeah. Which was a basset hound that almost didn't make it into the show until Peter Falk met the dog. At first he was like, ah, it's going to be too much. And he met the dog and he felt that he was too perfect not to include. Well, they mentions the dog in the McGugan episode. Yeah. Did he have the dog before? Cause, yes. Because he's there like. a number of times. Yeah. He sits down. It's so creepy too, by the way. <laughs> he's at this like amusement park, Columbo is. Mm-hmm. And he gets some ice cream and he sits down next to this like five-year-old girl. And uh, he's like, hey, you like dogs? And uh, <laughs> he's like, yes. He's like, I got a dog. What's your dog's name? My, can you believe it? My dog's name is Dog. <laughs> and then he's like, he likes to swim. He's swimming right now. And then it's just like, 
What are you talking <laughs> about? And why are you talking to this kid? And the, the mom is there with the other kid, just like, <laughs> strange middle-aged man. Yeah. Talking, you know, he never had kids. Maybe he wanted kids. Do you want to meet my dog? Yeah. I, he would, the dog usually was just in the car. He would show up somewhere and, and he would delete, get out of the car and go, all right, dog, stay here. Don't follow me. And like, take care of the car. And then he'd leave. The dog, this big old bastard house would be sitting there like, Murr. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, he talked about his wife all the time, but she was never seen on any episode. Yes, she was bridge partners with, uh, with Vera, Vera from, from Cheers, Cheers. And Norm's wife. <laughs> uh, I don't believe, just like I don't believe Norm's wife existed either. She was in the show. Oh, Norm's wife was? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In the food fight episode. Yeah, yeah. they ended up like and you, you squilling that. And see her face. She was covered in yeah. whipped cream. Okay. Yeah. But, okay. I forgot about that. Scratch <laughs> that. But I do believe... That uh, Peter, that Columbo, Columbo is making up his wife because he, no wife would let him dress that way, first of all. <laughs> and, and not in that time, you know. And the same rumpled suit, the same rumpled coat every day, just pulling crap out yeah. of his, you know, yeah. driving that car. Wouldn't let him have, you know, wouldn't let him drive that crappy car around, you know. <laughs> and he's always everywhere. If he had a wife, he'd have to be home at some time, but it's like three Ooh. o'clock in the morning and he's like, uh, just one more thing. Um, I just thought I'd stop by and uh, and, and talk to you about this stub that I found in, you know, from your dry cleaners. And it's like, there's no way. And you never meet his wife. I think it's just part of his disarming act. And I think Columbo, uh, like, yeah. I think he's kind of like Kaiser Soze at the at the at the, <laughs> at the end of uh, Unusual Suspects. At the end of the day, he kind of straightens up and takes his coat off and. Mm, and straightens his tie and pours his brandy and he's like, well, I've done another day of detecting. What do you think, dog? <laughs> well, I think, <laughs> counterpoint, he just found someone that is willing to accept him for who he is. Good luck with that. <laughs> That's the most fantastical thing that I've heard about the whole show. According to Levinson, the catchphrase, one more thing, was conceived when he and Link were writing the play. Uh, he said... We had a scene that was too short, and we had already had Columbo make his exit. We were too lazy to retype the scene, so we had him come back and say, Oh, just one more thing. It was never planned. <laughs> Peter Falk, his parents were both Jewish, hailing from Poland and Russia on his father's side, and Hungary on his mother's side. He's uh, one of the most famous celebrities in Hungary with a statue of him and his dog in Budapest. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really great. Uh, Falk's right eye was surgically removed when he was three because of retinoblastoma. Uh, he wore an artificial eye for most of his life. Yeah, the artificial eye was the cause for his trademark squint. Yeah. Uh, and I, the thing is, is I, I got to be honest, I literally had no idea it was a fake eye. Well, then you didn't no really idea. look him in the eye. <laughs> Would you just think he had a lazy eye? Every time, no, yeah, but it was never. It's never, always. I mean, if you look at I, like all of the yeah. all of the all of the impersonations of him, always right, the eye. Right. You know, it's like. But they usually did a pretty good job of showing him in a way that, I don't know, I mean, maybe I just wasn't paying close attention. He was also, we all know who the glass eyes were back then. <laughs> we, know, we knew it was Sammy Davis. Yeah. We knew it was well, Peter yeah. Falk. We knew it was Sandy Duncan, part of the glass <laughs> oh, eye that's club. right. That's right. Yeah. You know, those are the three, the three that we knew about. We don't know how many people lost eyes. Oh, that's true. A lot of, you don't have a lot of one-eyed celebrities anymore. No, no. It's not... I mean, I, maybe retinoblastoma is not a big problem anymore. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Despite this limitation, as a boy, Peter Falk participated in team sports, mainly baseball and basketball. 
Falk said, I remember once in high school, the umpire called me out at third base when I was sure I was safe. So I got mad and I took out my glass eye, handed it over to him and said, try this. It got such a laugh you wouldn't believe. He's a joker. <laughs> That's so <laughs> gross. Uh, Falk started acting at age 12. He had a strong stage career at a young age. Uh, despite his stage success, a theatrical agent advised Falk not to expect much film acting work because of his artificial eye. And he's like, well, what about Sammy Davis? <laughs> well, this might have been a little bit before that. Oh, no. Sammy, no. When was Sammy Davis? He was in the late 50s, 60s? No, Sammy, Sammy came around in the 50s, yeah. They came yeah. up around the same time. It's still, okay, okay. Uh, Falk uh, was... Sammy had a lot of things against him for the time. Oh, well, yeah. A one-eyed black Jewish man. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) It's like, whew, that sounds like the start of a really bad joke. joke. (laughs) Falk was twice nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for Murder, Inc. in 1960 and Pocket Full of Miracles in 1961. Such Uh, good movies. So good in those movies. And such a great young actor. He was just like, he was one of those dynamic... Like when you saw a young uh, Marlon Brando or, you know, just one of those explosive, yeah. dynamic actors that's, like, so watchable. Like, right, they, right. There's no way to take your eyes off them. They just have some sort of magnet- magnetisme. <laughs> he won his first Emmy Award in 1962 for the Dick Powell Theater. Uh, he was the first actor to be nominated for an Academy Award and an Emmy Award in the same year, achieving the feat twice in 1961 and 1962. Oh, yeah. That's just how good he is. He went on, on to appear in such films as It's a Mad, 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 Mad World in 1963. I think, you, I think there's like two or three more Mads in there. I literally just copied kidding. and pasted this. I, it could be 40 more. I there's no like idea. 40 Mads. I just watched this not too long ago. I love that movie. And I will tell you, the best parts is when Peter Falk shows up. And, and oh, yeah. Like more screen time for him. Oh, I love that movie. It's such a good movie. Yeah. I have to say, though, I've tried to turn people. You cannot turn somebody onto that movie who didn't grow up loving that movie. Because it is so long. I gave it to... I am an exception to that rule, then. Okay, good. Well, that just... The exception proves the rule. rule, But I have tried with my funny friends to be like, oh, you got to watch this movie. Because everybody's in that movie. Yes. Everybody. Yes. And and I just like... They're like, oh, man, I tried. But it's 18 hours long. It is really long. And I just... I love... I remember when that would come on uh network tv they would have to do it usually in two nights oh yeah because it was you know or they started it at like seven yeah and it would run till 11 11 yeah you know it's like this very special movie presentation four or five hours yeah oh yeah and it was just like pop your popcorn and pock your butt (laughs) uh he did the great race in 1965 anzio 1968 murder by death in 1976 oh my god man have you seen murder by death no you're a clue fan yes you have got to see Murder by okay. Death. It is the prototypical clue. It is the same thing, but it has Truman Capote in it. Oh, really? Truman Capote. And he's just like, he's the guy. And he's like, you've got Truman Capote. You've got Peter Sellers playing a pretty offensive. So he's basically playing Charlie Chan. Okay. And they, they did cast an Asian kid as his son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ooh. Oh, that's good. They're saving their butts there. But. Peter Falk's in it. He's hilarious. It's like he plays this kind of like impotent detective. Nice. And uh, we're going to watch it and do a show on it. All right. right. And and Alec Guinness is in it as this blind. Oh, my God. Alec Guinness (laughs) plays a blind butler and Ruth Gordon plays a deaf maid. And the two of them trying to coordinate with him being like, well, you have to do this. And she can't hear him. So she's doing this. 
it is some of the best physical comedy. Murder by Death is one of the greatest mystery comedies, if not the greatest mystery comedy ever. All right, all right. We'll definitely do an episode on it, yeah. He was in a, a series of other things uh, throughout the 80s and 90s, uh, all the way up until just before he died. He, yeah. he, he was the grandpa on Princess Bride. That's where probably most of our, most people know him is from I that. always forget that that's him. Like, this is how much of that character, like, he was that character. This is too scary for you. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. have to, no, we're going to have to stop. But that, that was the first thing I ever saw him in. Yeah. For, for me, personally. Most people. Yeah. Most people are was. Uh, Falk was also known for his collaborations with filmmaker, actor, and personal friend John Cassavetes in films such as Husbands in 1970, A Woman Under the Influence in 1974, Opening Night 1977, Elaine May's Mikey and Nikki in 1976, and... The Columbo episode Etude in Black yeah. in 1972 was the General, premiere yeah. of the second episode or second season. And also uh, Jenna Rollins was on Columbo as well, <laughs> who was Cassavetti's wife. Yeah. And they, she was the woman who was under the influence. Oh, oh my right. God. You want to talk about one of the greatest actresses ever. Jenna Rollins. So underrated. You look at her Cassavetti's work and good Lord, man, that woman is fierce and fearless. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Falk won four Emmy Awards for his portrayal of Lieutenant Columbo in 1972, 1975, 1976, and in 1990. So he did actually get some some recognition for the CBS years of yeah. of Columbo. That was just probably a you know. I, I'm sure he was still great. Look, was, I was watching. The show was good. It's not yeah. like he's not Columbo. He's just Columbo old. Yeah, he's just old Columbo. All right, let's take Columbo a break. go into a rave. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take a quick break. Hey, this is. Uh... And I just want to say, be charitable and listen to the Gen X Files with Jim and Adam. It's now on Spotify. And if you like uh, spaghetti sauce, drop a sacaroni. New episodes every Friday. All celebrity voices are poorly impersonated. So the first season premiere, Murder by the Book, was written by Stephen Bochco and directed by Steven Spielberg. Uh, Stephen Bochco yeah. did uh, L.A. Law, did LA he yeah. did Hill Street Blues. Huge he career. Did. He yeah. was the 80s and the 90s of dramas. He was. And of course, we all know who Stephen Spielberg is. <laughs> no, who's that? Uh, just this little Jewish guy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's a director. He's a director. Uh, but Falk said of Spielberg, uh, let's face it. We had some good fortune at the beginning. Our debut episode in 1971 was directed by this young kid named Steven Spielberg. I told the producers, Lincoln Levinson, this guy is too good for Colombo. Steven was shooting me with the long lens from across the street. That was common 20 years ago. The comfort level it gave me as an actor besides the great look artistically. Well, I told you that it, he, this wasn't any ordinary director. Yeah, it's this is the beauty of Peter, Peter Falk is that he can recognize talent and understand yeah. that, you know, and, and Steven Spielberg, I'm pretty sure he was only like 23 or something when he shot. But there were some great shots. There is there's yeah. like the shot at the beginning that starts out the window and then pulls back to reveal the desk. And, you know, there's a lot of movement. And, you yeah. know, he uses a lot of like he said, he uses lenses and yeah. the kid, the kid knew what he was doing. <laughs> Jonathan Demme uh, directed the seventh season episode Murder Under Glass, who eventually won an Oscar for uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Uh, great director. His son is also a well-known director. Ted Demme. Oh, yeah. What is it? That's right. That's right. Uh, actor Ben Gazzara, a friend of Falk's, directed the episodes of Friend Indeed and Troubled Waters. Also a collaborator with Cassavetes yes. with uh, Chinese Bookie. Death of a Chinese Bookie, I think. Is. I think that sounds right. Um not my favorite of the Cassavetes films. Oh, yeah. But a good one still, nonetheless. But his films are so hard to watch. Some of them are so hard to watch. It's just like you feel like a fly on the wall and you shouldn't be watching what you're watching. Oh, yeah. Oof. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Falk himself directed the last episode of the first season, Blueprint for Murder, and he wrote the episode entitled Saw in the Game in season 10, which is technically just most of the CBS stuff, so sometime in between 1989 and 2003. Yeah. Um, ac- actor Nicholas Colasanto, best known for playing Coach on Cheers, directed two episodes, Swan Song with Johnny Cash and Etude in Black, the one with John Cassavetes, although it was rumored that Falk and Cassavetes ghost-directed Etude in Black. Uh, but Colasanto was a great director. Yeah. He did a lot of great work. Oh, yeah. Great actor, too. He was also in Raging Bull. He was in, oh, yeah. you know, going back all the way back. Oh, yeah. He was great. Patrick McGuhan uh, directed five episodes, including three of the four in which he played the murderer. <laughs> Here's another one who's, <laughs> hey, Columbo. Uh, he, his episode when he was a CIA agent. Oh, yeah. He is the most annoyed, I think. <laughs> My favorite is when he, he uh, I think it's it might be the first time they meet. He's about to give a speech, or he's watching a speech that he had written for some Italian guy at the UN. Yeah. The speech that he wrote was super racist the way he did it. It was like, oh, I'm a goomba. Honestly, that's – but yeah, uh, yeah. so he's watching the, the, the thing, this private affair, and uh, blocks rumpled old bulldog, and, and he's like, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> Oh, yeah, what's going on here? It's just, you're in the wrong place, sir. Ah, you, you guys having a, a party here? Are you talking? Uh, what's going on? It's, I'm telling you, sir, you're not in the right place. I'm Detective Columbo. It's just like yeah, yeah. he annoys them before he even tells people who he is. He right, lets yeah, them. Yeah. Like the, uh, the one with William Shatner. William Shatner's this mm-hmm. actor, you know, playing the greatest detective ever. He, they're shooting the scene, and in the background, in the sets, is old Columbo just wandering around. And the guys, are, <laughs> the, the 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 prop guy's like, "You got to get down! You got to get down! You're in the shot! You're in the shot!" Ah, oh, wow! What are you talking about? What's going on here? You guys shooting or something? <laughs> the show featured many guest stars as murderers, with Robert Culp, Jack Cassidy, Patrick McGuhan, George Hamilton, and William Shatner are the only actors to play more than one murderer. Oh, it'd be so much fun. Uh, other notable guest stars include, and this is a very long list. Eddie Albert, Gene Berry, Ann Baxter, Johnny Cash, Ida Lupino, John Cassafetti's, Pat Morita, Dabney Coleman, Billy Connell, Jackie Cooper, Jamie Lee Curtis, Faye Dunaway, Jose Ferrer, Ruth Gordon, Lee Grant, Lawrence Harvey. It's really close to Lawrence Harvey. Who's Laser Tag Larry? My best friend oh, growing up. Oh, nice. Laser yeah. Tag Larry. But okay. it wasn't Lawrence Harvey. It, it was Lawrence Harvey and Louis Jordan, Martin Lando, Julie Newmar, Janet Lee, Roddy McDowell, Vera Miles, Vincent Price, Mark Machine, Ray Milland, Ricardo Wonderbone. Leonard Nimoy, Donald Pleasance, William Shatner, Rip Torn, Dick Van Dyke, Robert Vaughn, Leslie Nielsen, Jessica Walker, Kim Cattrall, Ned Begley Jr. With general amazement, Falk notes, The show is all over the world. I've been to little villages in Africa with maybe one TV shed, and the little kids run up to me shouting, Columbo! Columbo! It was very much a worldwide success. Uh, Singer Johnny Cash recalled acting in one episode, and although he was not an experienced actor, he writes in his autobiography, Peter Falk was good to me. I wasn't all that confident about handling a dramatic role, and every day he helped me in all kinds of little ways. Hum, Johnny Cash. I will be honest and say that I thought he was fantastic. He was amazing. He was great in it. He was amazing, and you can't, he could not hide his amusement of watching (laughs) Peter Falk. Oh, yeah. Because he's just, and so (laughs) many actors have that look on their face. And the one time that I saw Peter Falk have that look on his face was when he was uh, working with William Shatner. Oh, yeah. But his look was more like, 
I can't believe this ham and cheese <laughs> coming out of this guy's mouth. Because it's just like he was so perfect, perfectly cast William Shatner as a pompous TV detective, you know, who's completely over the top. It was perfect casting. <laughs> Uh, so a few years before his death, Falk expressed interest in returning to the role. In 2007, he claimed he had chosen a script for one last Columbo episode titled Columbo, Hear No Evil. The script was renamed Columbo's Last Case, and unfortunately, it was declined by the networks. F you, ABC. You couldn't have done him a solid. You effers. This guy, like, yeah. this is what I hate about the business, is there's no loyalty. There's yeah. no, like... Come on, if there's not a buck to be made, and there would have been a buck to be made, you know? Maybe, okay, maybe... It would have it would have done something. It would have made them money. Yes! It would have made them money. 100%. Yeah. There's so much, So many people would have loved to see one more case with him. F them. In response, the producers of the series announced they were attempting to shop the project to foreign production companies. Unfortunately, Falk was diagnosed with dementia shortly after in late 2007. Oh, yeah. Uh, during a 2009 trial over his care, physician Stephen Reed stated that Falk's condition had deteriorated so badly that he could no longer remember playing a character named Columbo, nor could he even identify Columbo. Yeah. That's so sad. That's very sad. He passed on June 23rd, 2011 at age 83. It's a good run. He did a great he had a great run. Absolutely great run. Except for the end. He just got screwed at the end and he yeah. got taken advantage of and his This is the thing. <laughs> so there is something called the Peter Falk's law. Uh, it was, I remember when all this was going around. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird because I didn't know anything about this until I started researching and so Peter Falk's law was passed in New York State to protect children from being cut off from news of serious medical and end-of-life developments regarding their parents or from contact with them. Yeah. In Falk's case, according to his daughter Catherine, his second wife, Sheer Denise, who was also his conservator and showed up on Columbo a lot. Uh, she was She played bit parts through like 10 episodes, I think. So she wasn't like a young chippy. No, 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 no. I, I want to say she was probably younger than him, but not by much. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, she stopped some of the family members from visiting him and did not notify them of any major changes in his condition and didn't even notify them that he died and then had a funeral without them there. That's just, that's, unless, okay. I mean, there's really no excuse for that, but if they were really, like, estranged, yeah, you know? And if this was, like, all about money or whatever, I, but I don't it, know. It's still it gross. It seems very it's much like she gross. took advantage of his dementia yeah. and, and was like, well, no, you don't have kids. This is all mine. This is all me. And like, That's just gross. And it's just so awful the way you, you want to see who somebody is in their core. See how they yeah. deal when some when there's a death. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Most people come together and want to help each other get through it. And there's just other people that will totally take advantage of the situation. It's, it's it's gross. It's I've very, dealt with that. Yeah, it is yeah. gross. It's very insensitive, and it's very. It's just. It seems. It just makes. You, there's no good way to look at it. Like if you're going to cut off family members from from someone, especially someone with dementia, yeah. Like that's it. You're just being an ass. Like it, well, yeah. There's obviously a reason, and it's like I don't know Shira Denise, no. and she might have been a great person, sure. But this makes her look like a horrible, terrible person. Yeah, you, we don't know the story because we don't do the extensive research. <laughs> that, that... I didn't do the research on this. No, 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 what I I'm saying is that's not really our job. But that's not, yeah. You know, yeah. we mostly just make up stuff. But uh, I mean, she couldn't have been bad because 
they were married and like he obviously was in love with her and like sure. you know i mean she did good for him for a long i mean they were I married no man but they were married for like 30 Johnny years Johnny Cash's wife on Columbo was pretty bad <laughs> maybe he had a cash that's wife that's true i mean it's possible it's very possible and his last words were just one more thing Oh, there was not. It wasn't his last thing. words because he didn't know he was Columbo. Was, that's what was so crazy right. about it. It's just that moment of clarity. Yeah. yeah. And his, well, and his wife's of, like, there's no more things. <laughs> as of 2020, more than 15 states have enacted a similar law. Uh, there's no national law on it, uh, unfortunately. But uh, it, it's just a sad, a sad way to end an amazing career. And sure. An amazing life. Sure. But there's so many more other things named for him and awards yes. named for him, yes. scholarships. And and it's a good thing. It's a it's a good a thing to have that positive has come out of it. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, people are going to be protected, uh, you know, against being, you know, screwed out of their uh, well, are, well, or even just being able to go say goodbye. That's what I mean. I mean. Yeah, it's just, yeah, you know, yeah. not out of money, but it's out right. of their lives. You it's know? like it's... just being able to, because you never know. I mean, it, de- on your deathbed changes a lot of people, changes how you perceive people. Like it's, I mean, not that we're going to go deep into talking about this. But no, like, let's. Because it always goes good when we get deep. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, this is, it's a testament to Peter Falk. Sure. That I literally had no idea this happened. Yeah, I knew him from Columbo. I knew him from the good things he did, yeah. and and the good the good things he had given to the world. So, yeah. you know, I didn't even know he was married to this person, and that she did this to his kids. And like, you know, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it was a footnote, a very terrible footnote, but a footnote in a very good life. I think the I think uh, Ralph on Kevin and Bean reported on this a lot. Oh, was really? happening. Yeah, I would listen to that show. And so I was pretty well, well versed, versed, you know, yeah. or pretty well informed, I would informed, say, yeah, about the situation. Yeah. And still yet, I can't remember, you know, what the actual issue was. Guy had a good life. Great life. A great career. Oh, God, amazing. And career. we're better for him being around. I'm loving, loving watching Columbo again. Yeah. As a kid, watching Columbo, eh, a little boring. A lot of talky talks, you know, not yeah. a lot of explosions yeah. and stuff, you know. <laughs> you get occasionally. And then it was confusing, too, because then I'd see Dick Van Dyke from Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, you know, murdering. <laughs> Why is he murdering that Why? person? Hey, just shut up. Just watch it. And uh, Was it your stepdad? Yeah. He, he murders people. It's what he does. <laughs> what's What's... What's Dick Van Dyke doing? <laughs> he's the chimney sweep for Mary Poppins. <laughs> hey, he's cutting her neck off. Wait, wait, he's just a murderer now. But yeah, it was. But watching it now, seeing all these great actors come and just have fun playing with him, because yeah. I think the reason why so many of these guys did it, they didn't have to do it, you know, is because it must have been just so much fun playing with him. It's like yeah. doing a play yeah. rather than a TV show. Like you yeah. said, it was like yeah. instead of going on the love boat, doing a bunch of dumb sex jokes, hanging out with a squirrel or whatever that a, uh, a gopher. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know, whatever. But with Columbo, you were going to spar. You are going to have a yeah. really cool sparring match, a verbal sparring match, and you were going to get to act, and you were going to get to act opposite a master. So, Well, and, and, and the fact is that most of the villains were – they didn't play villains. Most of the actors didn't play villains. No. Like that was it was a it was a way to do out of yeah. type like out of type characters and like I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. I mean that Martin Landau the the Martin Landau episode he played twins. Oh, and it was 
so good. Yeah, I mean, and plus because they get to so sink good. their teeth into it. Yeah, and also the characters are well rounded. These aren't just evil murderers. No, no. You know, there's something there. Like the William Shatner one, he was getting blackmailed by this woman, right? Right. And so you know, he decided to murder her because he was a, a can. <laughs> he flew went to Canada to escape the Korean War. I guess they <laughs> they fled to Canada back then too. But uh, but yeah, I mean, and. And and like I said, by the end they're just kind of like, huh? You got me. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, huh? yeah. You you gonna drive me? Or this guy gonna yeah. drive me? Yeah, it's like all right. It's well, the most, I'm not gonna fight. It's the least like dramatic conclusion of any show because it's always oh, like all the time. Well, you got me, Columbo. Okay. Um, all right, this can, is it. You want to have another drink before uh, yeah. take me to jail? Or <laughs> yeah, maybe just uh, maybe just, uh, just, just a drop of wine. Just, just a drop before we take you. I'm I'm on duty, so I can't. You know, I, I think I I've earned this. I've earned I've earned myself a beer. Yeah, sure. It's really fantastic. I I agree. I've never seen it before this. Before I started watching it for the show, and it's all on Peacock. You have a yeah. chance to catch it all on Peacock. It's for free. Sure. I mean, there's some commercials, but like, it's or you can spend a few bucks and get it without yeah. commercials. You know, it's. But it is definitely if you're a fan of police procedurals, mm-hmm. but a fan of. Different kinds of police procedures. <laughs> and if you're a fan of acting, if you're yeah. a fan of like really good adult acting and the 70s, then this is the show <laughs> for you, baby. It's just so much fun. It's just a delicious little meal of folk, you know, yeah. sprinkled yeah. in with, you know, some of your favorite actors growing up being bad boys and bad girls. Yeah. Yeah. But it is just, I. I I hadn't seen the show for so long, and I just recently started watching it again, and I'm hooked. Yeah, I'm it's hooked. so fantastic. I, I, I'm a, I'm, I'm almost through the NBC stuff. Uh, it's some of some of the episodes. It gets a little. You, it's not a binging show. No, don't don't no. binge it. You watch too many episodes in a row, and then they all start to seem the same. And they're it's like they're movies. Maybe yeah. do a double feature. You yeah. know, maybe pick two. Because and also you don't have to watch the seasons in order. I've been kind of jumping oh, no. around. You know, seeing because I wanted to watch some with some of the actors that I really like. Right. right. You know, like Dyke and yeah. Shatner. But uh, but you don't have to. You know, so pick whichever ones you want and have a little double feature, and then go watch some. You know, um, Cobra Kai or whatever's going on today, <laughs> and then come back to it. It's a, it's a nice, it's a treat. You yeah, know, yeah. you don't want to burn yourself out on it. No, no, I did that early, and I, and I, and I, and I lost. I, I realized I wasn't paying attention to some episodes, and it's like, no, this deserves more attention. There's too much, yeah, because it is an easy one to also start straying and yeah. picking up your phone, checking your phone and checking and... your crap. But then you're just gonna miss all of the nuance. The am- yes, exactly. Well, how did you get there? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? I don't know how many times I had to rewind and be like, wait, what did he say? What did he say? I will have to say, uh, he's uh, he's pretty sloppy with the crime scenes. Yes. You know? Yes, yes he, he is. He uh, doesn't wear any gloves. I think he's probably got a, a latex allergy. Even in the ones in 2000. Yeah. He's not wearing gloves. He's just licking his hands and picking crap up. There is like, uh, <laughs> you know, he just he just comes in and starts nosing around. With the the Johnny Cash plane crash one, you know the FAA is looking at. He just comes walking in during the interview and just starts grabbing. Who are you? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, don't worry about why. I'm just going with the interview. And then he's just grabbing the seat belts and touching everything, grabbing everything and touching it all. 
And they're just like, what are you doing? He's like, ah, he's Cabo. And it, it, I, he always, 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 when there was other jurisdictions involved, it always took like five minutes for him to say, oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a cop, by the way. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and then they're just like, well, okay, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. But that's it. It wasn't about forensics. You know, it's not no, a CSI no. show. You know, those shows are fun, too, for their own little, you know, quick cut sign. Hey, man, you can make science fun and cool and exciting. You're awesome. That's, yeah, you know, yeah. that's great. But this has, there's nothing forensic about this show. No, you know? no. The evidence is pretty even ancillary with this because it's just a gut feeling. He knows who the murderer is. He sees it in their eyes and then he just dogs them. He yeah. just dogs yeah. them until they're just too exhausted to go on anymore. And are finally <laughs> like, fine, whatever. <laughs> I'm right. guilty. Yes, I did it. I did it. Please stop bothering me. <laughs> yeah. I did it. I just one more thing. No more things, please. In fact, there is no more things because we are out of time. <laughs> yes, but what an awesome show. It Watch was a great it. Show. Uh, we know technically this isn't a PI for our January PI. He's a detective. But we want that's why we got it out of the great. way first. But we got a couple of great ones coming up, man. We got the two, in my opinion, the two greatest TV detectives, Mr. Magnum PI and uh, uh, Mr. Rockford. Mr. James Rockford. Mr. Jimmy Rockford. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe next week we're doing Rockford. Yep. yep. Next okay. week is Jimmy. Next week we're doing the old Jimmy Rockford. Oh, man. And I can't wait to talk about how these guys are why I'm poor. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm excited about that conversation. Have a great week, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, Richard Richard Falk, sorry. Peter. (laughs) Yeah, because Peter Falk, Jose, Jose. Jose Ferrer. (laughs) (laughs) Fade down away. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming, Silver Spoons, already in progress.